This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is not a summer Wednesday. It is not a summer Wednesday if I can't do a show with my sister, Ashley Nicole Moss. Ashley, what's up? Welcome to Brother from Another. You excited? I'm so excited. How are you doing? We got the white memo today. We did not plan yeah, this, yeah. by the way, guys. No, you're straight up. You're straight up. You got the white. I kind of got off-white. So I don't know if you're ready for the Hamptons. You're ready for the Hamptons. I'm ready for Martha's Vineyard. I'll hold down the party on the Vineyard. <laughs> you hold the party down on the Hamptons. We, maybe we, do, we, we go back and forth. I'll go to the Hamptons with you. You come to the Vineyard with me. We have a good time. But you know what, Ashley? I don't know about a white party, but you know what, you're, what, what we are ready for? I hope you're ready for this with me. Are you ready for a takeover? Are you ready for an NBA takeover? We're going to your favorite city in the world, New York. We're going to okay. go to the NBA offices. We're going to go to the NBA offices, and we're going to show them what real basketball fans look like, how real basketball fans sound and what real basketball fans want because they got no idea. They've got no idea. Ashley, this in-season tournament is the worst idea I think I've ever heard associated with the NBA. I think it's the worst idea I've ever heard, right? Is it the worst? Yeah. Or is it the worst? I, I, I hate it. Um, I just don't understand it. I don't know who asked for it. Um, I don't understand the purpose of it. I think that in the beginning, um, you know, when it was thrown out there, it sounded good in theory, maybe. But now we're looking at something that basically does not mean anything in the grand scheme of things. There's no playoff, you know, repercussions. There's no playoff benefit to this tournament. It's essentially a way to get casual NBA fans interested in early basketball because the product quote unquote is not exciting it's not the nfl it's not enjoyable to watch for casual basketball fans for fans like myself and fans like you and and fans like natalie and fans like a bunch of people we thoroughly enjoy watching it from beginning to end and we will be the first ones to say listen It's not the most exciting in November, December. I completely agree. But that doesn't mean that we have to go ahead and implement some sort of tournament that means absolutely nothing to make guys who, A, are getting paid a lot of money to care about the game that they play, and B, fans who aren't really invested in in the sport to begin with to want to watch the sport. I don't understand the rationale to this. I don't get it. You know what, and, and you know what, Ashley, if you think about the things that basketball fans have talked about, as you said, you know, basketball fans, you know, just around. And, uh, you know, look, we there's disagreement, of course, mm-hmm. meaning hey, just because just because we don't agree on some nuance of basketball doesn't mean I'm a real fan and you're not and vice versa. I got it. But basketball fans have these have lots of conversations about, 
you know, what can improve the sport and what would make the sport more exciting. And I can tell you, uh, honestly, this has never come up in any, with any <laughs> basketball fans that I've talked to. So I wonder what the hell's going on with the NBA office. Do y'all hire, right. do y'all hire basketball people? Like when you hire people at the NBA, you have to say this. I'm not going to make you name all 30 teams, but you better name 20. Name 20. If you can't name 20 teams and, right. and three players off each team. So you got to name 60 players in the NBA right now. If you can't do that, I don't want you working for me. I, I need you to understand the passion and, and the people that you're representing. That's right, Ashley. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Let, let me throw let me throw some stuff in there too. Let me throw some stuff. Full in disclosure, idea. full disclosure, because and, a lot of people were very concerned for this young woman in the in the meme or in this video rather. Full disclosure, this was an ad for a makeup company in Asia, and only, they were showcasing how it's waterproof. So no models were harmed, no young girls were harmed in the making of this video. <laughs> only in two only in two thousand twenty three. Well, somebody fixed their fingers on Twitter to say, well, wait a minute. That's kind of funny, but I shouldn't be laughing because I think somebody was harmed. No, come on. No, people, Look, thought, Michael, people thought I was promoting bullying and I'm like, no, never me. Uh, if you know, I hate Twitter trolls. I hate bullies. This was a makeup uh, ad. And at the end of the video, she like wipes her face to show that the makeup didn't come off. It was a little excessive. Come on. But come on. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, people just can't, people can't have fun. You know, it's it's tough to deal with, with with real human beings. Okay, memes are more fun than real people. Anyway, uh, I will say this: of all the ideas that I've had, that, that I've heard in the NBA, I've heard mm-hmm. uh, we should have go back to two officials rather than three. I've heard that we should see the playoffs one through sixteen, regardless of conference. I've heard that we should bring the Sonics back to Seattle. I'm on board. Uh, I've heard that we should take the little circle away, the circle out of the paint and open it up. So too many people are just standing there trying to draw, um, trying to draw files and it's, it's messing up the game. It's putting people in danger. I've heard all sorts of things, you know, push back the three point line, eliminate the three point line. I've heard many ideas over the years. I've never heard about an in-season tournament. And Ashley, let me ask you a question. If you win this in-season tournament, um, do, I, do I celebrate that? Do I, do I put that up? Do I put that banner? Do I put do that banner up in the rafters? Is there a parade? Right. Is do there I, a championship do I, do I, do I, do ring? Do I do this? Do I point to it? Do I point to the ring? You know, finals. I'm like, insert in-season tournament finals MVP. I want it. Do I cry? I got so many people to thank. Is are, are the uh, are the sideline reporters going to be there around? Like, come here, come here. I just want to. I just want to thank so many people. People doubted me, Michael. They think never, about they this, never though. said I would win this. They are a hundred percent giving out MVP of the end season tournament. That's real. They came out and said they are doing that. My whole thing is, oh, is like, if this were like in, in soccer, how Lord you know, the us. Premier League and, and all those other, you know, football clubs and those leagues rather have little tournaments that may not be the World Cup, but there are benefits to it. Like, for example, I believe it's the Premier League. I could be wrong. But if you are able to beat a bigger team in that league, you get into the Premier League the following season or something along those yeah. lines. I could be. Yeah. 
wrong in the way that I'm wording that, but there is a benefit to it. This essentially yeah, delegation is a and the whole thing and soccer. Right. We delegation is affected yep. and all that stuff. This is essentially a trophy that means nothing. Half a million dollars for players who are already making a lot. Half a million is like Draymond's annual fine money. And there's a strong possibility, Michael, that you can win this later. in-season tournament. <laughs> there's this possibility that you can win this in-season tournament and still miss the playoffs. What does that mean? So congratulations, you won the in-season tournament in Vegas in November, but one, two, three, Cancun in April. Be for real. Be for real. I hate this. And- I hate this. I hate this. All right, and I do know, look, I, I want to be fair and say that some changes in the NBA lately, recently, I, I, I've applauded and I continue to applaud. I, I think the play-in tournament is fantastic. I think the play-in is great. That adds uh, an element of urgency to the regular season that sure. rarely existed. There are some teams that were sitting there at the, you know, on the six or seven line, and they were like, fine, I'm going to make the playoffs. And if you really want, if you want to make the playoffs, hey, well, I'm going to make the playoffs. I don't need to play well. I don't need to go all out in the last 10 games of the season. But now in this playing tournament in this era, yes, you do. Now, let me shame some people before we transition and talk about this new rule, some of the new rules in the NBA. Uh, like, like, Gary, can we bring out this, uh, this Richard Jefferson hype, this hype video, Richard Jefferson? I, I, I'm sorry, Richard, they made you do this. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, Back in the day, I had to do some things for the gig that I really wasn't excited about. Once, once upon a time, Ashley, I had to read. No, no, not only read it. I had to wear. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm admitting this publicly. I had to wear Dockers. I had to wear Dockers every Friday because Dockers was a sponsor of a show I was on. Uh-huh. And, and thank God that show, that show was canceled. Uh, it should have <laughs> been canceled before then. But once the Dockers thing happened, I was like, we're done. We're done and we deserve it. We deserve we deserve to be done. I'm I'm slapping myself in the face over wearing Dockers every Friday. I had to do that for the gig. Wouldn't do that on my own. Do it, did it for the gig. Richard Jefferson. What color? Oh, what color? Dockers? Neutral. <laughs> Neutral. What colors does Dockers <laughs> have? What options do they have? It's like, they have like the navy like, blue. Oh my, here's it. I got the Dockers catalog right here. Here's the whole catalog. <laughs> Here's the whole look how thick that is the whole Dockers catalog. Anyway, let's see. Safe this, to uh, say you will Richard. not be getting brother from another sponsored by Dockers anytime soon. I, you know, and I look, you know, it's funny. I looked it up before before I came on. I was like, you know, if I if I go at Dockers neck, are they still around? They're still around. They've been sold. They owned by Levi's. I'm good. I'm good. Owned by Levi's. Safe. Okay. Safe. I, I'm coming for you then. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Anyway, let's let's uh, let's see this Richard Jefferson hype video. All right, everybody, the NBA first ever in-season tournament is now official. But how does it work? Like this. First up is group play. All 30 teams will be split into six groups, three from the East, three from the West, with a random draw based on last year's regular season records. Each team in a group plays each other one time, a total of four games, two at home, two on the road. One, two, three, yeah. Now, those games happen two it's funny. days and Gary Carter in said, November. Uh, so let me know when you're ready. Basically, let me know when you're ready. I was ready when I started. I was ready to <laughs> bring this in. This is so bad. Richard. 
You will never live this down. This is this is going to be a part of your legacy. Hey, hey, forget, forget about winning with LeBron. Forget about playing with J Kid back in the day with the Nets. You'll never live this down. Ashley, he did this. How'd they talk him into it? My favorite so part of this whole, my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of this whole video, or probably my favorite part of this whole video, is he goes, two weeks in November. Set your calendar, Richard. We don't care. I know you don't care. We really don't care. Like, I didn't, what did Z say? We don't believe you. You need more people. Nobody believed that. There was no excitement in that man's voice when he said that. Absolutely not. Don't believe him. He's not going to fool me. He hates it just as much as I do. And I get it. The gig is the gig. Like you said, you had to wear Dockers. Dockers. I've had to be outside in 95 degree Miami weather reporting on Pop Warner football for a do- uh, for $125 a day. Sometimes if I got paid on time, just good, so though. I can get my footing. 125? 125 hey. a day, Michael. Okay. Listen, so for all those people watch football? on social media. To watch Pop Warner football? Pop Warner football at that in the middle of Miami summer, August. So for all those, sometimes if I got paid at all, sometimes they would forget. So for all those people on social media, Michael, who like to say you're only where you are because you're a pretty face, I have done some very horrible things to get to this position. So nobody can ever question my grind and my determination. And people say the same thing about me. You know, I'm flattered. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm so flattered. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Let me ask you before before we uh, bring in Natalie uh, in a little bit, talk some more NBA. How do you feel about the flopping technical that's not an unsportsmanlike technical? In other words, you could flop, which the NBA says is deception. So that's a bad, right. I think deception's a bad thing. I think that's a bad thing. Based on my understanding yeah. of deception, uh, <laughs> you, you're not supposed to do that. So you flop, you get a technical, you go up to an official after that and say, you are a stupid bleep 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 and get another technical that's two. Right. Generally with two technicals you're thrown out. Nope. Right. This flopping tee is like a special category tee. So you really have to go up to another official in the third or fourth quarter and say, no, I call the last one stupid, but you're really stupid, stupid bleep bleep bleep. Then your third technical gets you thrown out. How do you feel about this uh, flopping penalty itself and the, the designation, the penalty assigned to it? So I'm 50-50 on it. Like, I agree with Darren Fox here. I don't think we need to be giving the refs more power because right now, flopping is an art. You know, there's an art to flopping. That's why Chris Paul is someone who does it so well because a lot of the time it's very believable, which is why he gets certain calls. Now, in a situation where it's blatant and it's obvious and it's egregious, for example, if Chris Paul was guarding Jokic, which would never happen, but let's say Chris Paul is guarding Jokic and... Chris Paul bumps him and Jokic hits the ground. You know, that's a flop, like just off of physics, you know, that's not possible. So in that situation, it's kind of cut and dry. But when you're in a situation where there are guys who are better at it than others and in the league that there, there are guys better at it than others, you're giving the refs the power to make the determination. And I feel like that's where it's going to get tricky and that's where it's going to get sticky. And you're going to see situations where calls are made 
that can go ahead and change the course of a game. And that I don't like. I don't feel like flopping is egregious enough. It's annoying. I hate it. It pisses me off to see it. Like, just play the game. Stop trying to force a foul. I hate that part of the game. But I don't know if it's prevalent enough to where we need a rule like this that can give that gives the referees powers to change the course of a game that I don't like I don't know if we're here yet for me Michael increase the fine if you want to flop it's going to cost you like increase the fine that already exists for players but giving the ref the opportunity to say flop not a flop flop not a flop there's too much bias in that for me and I don't I don't know it gets well, a little iffy well I don't know but like you said earlier you talked about we we're talking about the tournament uh, the in-season tournament at $500,000 for these guys, uh, is that enough of an incentive? So if you increase the fine from 10 to 15 grand, 15 grand to 20, will that do it? Look, if, and I'm not saying it's a problem. It feel, this feels very uh, 2017 to me. That, you know, <laughs> flopping, like a lot of people so talk about it. I, I don't, yeah, I, yeah, it's a vintage. Yeah, it's a vintage rule. <laughs> I, it's not something that's been on my mind, but if you think it's that serious, NBA... Well, then do make it an unsportsmanlike technical. Say, if you flop, that's a technical, and you got one more, and you're out of the game, at least it will it will cut it down. Because what people want more than anything, it's not the money, they want the stage. So players want to play. And if you take them, right. if you're threatening to take them out of the game for flopping, and flopper, uh, flopper brother number one right there, James Harden, and we got all we can get an all flopping team here. Those guys will cut it down if they actually want to be on the court. I think that's how you should do it. Well, I I love this headline. If we can go back to that headline for a second from the Athletic, where it says that the NBA flopping rule will work, but only with constant reinforcement. That's the key right there. And I think that's the biggest problem with referees in general. And this is not just the NBA. This is also with the NFL. I complain about this often is that there is not a consistency. It's very circumstantial and it's very case by case basis, which makes it frustrating to, to give the referees even more power to do that. If this was a situation where you can count on the referees to make the same call each and every time, then I say, okay, great. This is this is fantastic. This is going to do wonders for the game. Sorry, James Harden. Sorry, Joel Embiid. But the game is the game. The rules are the rules. But it's going to be too circumstantial and too much room for interpretation depending on the referee. What Scott Foster may think is a flop, this referee may not. And what this yeah. referee may think is a flop, this referee does not. So now you run into a situation every game is a different is a different foul or non-foul because it depends on the referee calling it that's my only concern with this is there's too much gray area it's not black and white and we always talk about removing the refs from the game and not giving them enough power to dictate dictate outcomes of games and i feel like this is a step in the wrong direction if that's our biggest concern ooh you just gave me an idea as we play the music here, Gary, you just gave me an idea. So we got this flopping penalty. We talk about too much power for the officials. We, to we totally tore down the in-season tournament. Let's have a game. 
or a couple of games every year where the players take it to the park, call your own fouls, no officials <laughs> on the court. We're going to go out, we're going to play, and then the fans will boo. Fans be like, no, that ain't no foul, man. Come on. You, you holding up the game. Players call their own foul. Michael, Could in New York, York, York City, we don't call fouls. You get bumps, you keep playing. We don't foul out there. That's and if right. you do, on, you better not foul. call it. This is the park. That's right. <laughs> no blood, no foul. Let's go. Try calling Let's a park. Play. Try calling a foul in Rucker Park so they can laugh at you. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, Asia. So first I want to say congrats to you on being the SB's winner this year for WNBA Player of the Year, Best Player. Uh, how did you feel about winning the award? Man, it was a blessing. Uh, I honestly was taking a nap when they announced it, so when I woke up, my phone was blowing up, and I'm like, what in the world did Asia do now? Um, but no, <laughs> it's truly a blessing to be able to have my name up there as a nominee and to win it all. Uh, I got to credit my teammates. They allow me to be me, and uh, yeah, it comes with that. So your teammate, Kelsey, she tweeted when the news came out. She yeah. said, like, no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, not be her exact words, but um, but she also said, so was the 2K cover. <laughs> what are your thoughts on your teammates just always having your back? And Man. do you agree with her? That's my role dogs, for real. <laughs> Those are my dogs. They're going to hold me down no matter what and vice versa. Like, the, when you need people to call on at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., whenever they're going to answer, uh, it might take them a couple rings, but they're going to answer. And I love that about them. And I mean, when it comes to that cover, I don't really pay it any mind because uh, it does really put a roof over my head, that's put close to my bag, food in my mouth. So, I mean, like, I don't pay attention to any of that. I'm just grateful to be able to play the game of basketball and to help just be that person that young girls can look at and say, hey, I want to be like her. So, cover, no cover, I'm still going to be me, whoever I am. Uh, and I love that. How about that? That was Asia Wilson with a one-on-one, an exclusive with our Vegas reporter supreme <laughs> and producer and on-air host Natalie, what's up, Natalie? Asia was uh, I, I like what I like what she where she was going there. She's so charismatic, but there's a message there 
uh, about this this 2K thing. So why don't you break that down for us? Because I think this is a fascinating topic. It is, and there's actually a lot of layers that obviously wasn't uncovered in my conversation with her. But Sabrina Inescu was um, elected or chosen rather to be uh, on the NBA 2K cover for the WNBA edition. This is only the third time that they're doing that. So um, a couple of years ago when they um, did a WNBA edition for the first time, it was Candace Parker, and that was commemorating 25 years of the WNBA. And then last year it was Sue Bird um, and Diana Taurasi. So this year they went with Sabrina Inescu, and it caused quite a bit of stir um, with fans on NBA Twitter, but also even uh, one of uh, Asia's teammates didn't appreciate it, and that was Kelsey Plum, and she tweeted about it. And the reason why this was such a big deal is because, one, there's already a, an issue within the WNBA in terms of branding and marketing, in terms of promoting the white players over the black players, and the black players and stars are often overlooked. But in particular with Sabrina, and perhaps it's because of her Kobe connection, but she seems to be elevated and, and marketed and hyped in a way where her accolades and her resume don't match the amount of uh, marketing and attention that she received. So, you know, um, Kelsey obviously voiced, she thought Asia should have been it, but I mean, even Brianna Stewart, like there's just players with clearly better resumes and this is no disrespect to Sabrina. She's still young in her career, and it doesn't mean that she won't achieve more. But part of the 2K cover, and part of this being so important, if we're trying to grow the women's game, is we want to properly be teaching people about it, and we're just overlooking some of the biggest stars, the greatest players. This is like overlooking a LeBron or a Steph or a KD in favor of a, you know, Devin Booker, no disrespect, but in a league that's much smaller and less known, you want the biggest faces, the biggest stars. Asia's potentially the face of the league and why Sabrina on the cover? So this was a big deal. Yeah, and I mean, for people looking at, you know, these comparisons of honors and awards, I mean, even if it was a Breonna Stewart, I don't think there would be so much of a disapproval exactly. of the cover because if you look at Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart you can make a case for either or but I completely agree with what you're saying and listen I'm very familiar with 2k I've played it my entire life I'm pretty dang good at it if anyone wants to run it one day but that's a different conversation all right but okay. I, all will right. I will say though a lot of hoop heads and players in general don't really regard 2k in the way that they used to for this very thing they don't feel it's a true representation of what the league is and now you incorporate the WNBA into that that's why players in the NBA have such a long time have always beefed with Ronnie 2k about their own personal ratings because it's like who are you to rate me as a player you're not a ball player you don't work in the space you're basically an influencer who promotes a video game what makes you say I'm a 95 this person's an 84 that person's a 74 so while i understand the the um accolades that come with being on the cover and being a cover star it also does not properly and has not properly represented i feel like either league in multiple capacities for a very long time it's kind of a popularity contest in so many ways i mean there mm. have been ratings that have come out for the nba that i've looked at as like Where'd you, where'd you pull that from? It's like, if you don't, you know, if you're not BFFs with Ronnie, he gives you a bad rating. 
So I completely understand, though, the frustration, especially, listen, for people who aren't familiar, this is not strictly a WNBA video game. It's a WNBA version of 2K. But like to Nat's point, if you're trying to get away from that and one day have your own video game, the own NBA or WNBA 2K version, which I believe is more than warranted, it has to be a proper representation of what that league is. And by giving it to the same faces and the same players, you're only familiarizing a fan base that may not be familiar with the league at first and starters with only a few names. And that's not fair. Yeah, I mean, the Aces just won a championship. Like, what right. are we doing with, with with the MVP of the league? You know, but I agree that if it was Brianna, like, it would not be an issue at all, right? I mean, the players voted her. Um, if you put back up, um, or I think actually we have a tweet with actually the rank, so let's throw that up. But, like, the players for All-Star, you know, like, the same way that the NBA does, they rank the players. So they had, like, the players vote, the media vote, um, and then the fan vote. And I mean, the players had, had Brianna as one and, and Stewie um, and, and, and Asia as two. So we know where, who the players deem as the top two in the league. That's where the media had it. And that's also where the fans had it. So look at the people who watch the W, the media who writes about it, and the players who play in it all have those as the top two players. Sabrina is nowhere mm-hmm. up in those categories. And mm-hmm. yet she, look at her, you know, and she's making, you know, um, the cover. And her accolades and uh, resume, well, everything, just her well, stats do not compare. Well, you know, speaking of speaking of stats, not comparing, let's just take it a little bit larger here because you said the Aces just won a championship and looks like they're about to win another one. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, they good, won man. 18. They won 18 yeah. out of 20. And uh, Asia Wilson is doing it's not just Asia. It's not just Kelsey. Like they went last night, balanced scoring. No, three players, 20 points or more. I mean, it just, uh, it, it seems like three years ago uh, that their head coach had some issues and was suspended that that did not stop them at all. Uh, Natalie and, and uh, goodness, <laughs> Ashley. Ashley. Oh, my God. Wow, oh, okay. What's your name again? James. What is it? James Johnson? I don't know. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. well, they are the super that. team. They are the. Yeah, we, but, but if you remember, are they, Michael, are they the team to beat? Though are they the team to beat? Do you oh, look at sure. anybody? There's no, one, say, there's no, there's no one even in their category right now. And how about remember, New York? J, J, how about the Liberty? No, no, they're not. JA and I tried to tell you this in the summer. You know, right now they last night they beat the Mercury by 26 points. That's the fifth time this season they've beaten a team by 25 points or more. That doesn't even include when they beat the the Minnesota Lynx by 24 points. And there's only two other teams in the WNBA all season that have won by such margins. You had Kelsey Plum, one of their four All-Stars, who just had a 40-point game the other night, made history because she shot like 78% from the field, highest ever. You have Chelsea Gray, who's on track to become the second WNBA player to have a 50-40-90 season. Only Elena Deladon has done that. I mean, another all-star on the team. You have last night, Jackie Young was their leading scorer, their fourth all-star on the team, aside from Asia. So those are their four all-stars. They have an all-star at every spot. That's not even including Candace Parker, who didn't play last night and started off slow, but is now starting to heat up and look like the Candace Parker we know. This team 
even the other night, Kelsey didn't play, Candace didn't play, and they're still steamrolling teams. I mean, they're they are they're here, they're at the top, and then there's everybody else. They're the real life monsters. That's what they are. You know, the monsters and, and Looney Tunes oh, yeah. and all the powers. That's like basically it. what they are. We talk super teams, and, that's a super team. Well, and that was we have done to, by we, drafting. I just want to point that out and make it clear. This is not like some team that just traded and got, you know, they do have Chelsea um, that they traded for and they just got Candace, but this is homegrown and built and developed. Well, when we have uh, Tarika Foster Brasby, Connecticut's son, broadcaster on, I wonder how she sees Connecticut matching up with Vegas because one of those two losses that Vegas has came at the hands. Connecticut Sun gave them them hands. So we'll see. But let's let's switch gears. I want to talk about speaking of giving hands. Let's talk about Draymond Green. <laughs> Good transition. Uh, 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 uh. Nice job. Nice job. We're talking nice about job. Draymond. Anyway. I hate uh, Draymond so, for this. We will never stop talking right. about this. <laughs> All right, but no, but really, but uh, Draymond and the war. Uh, it's not just Draymond, Natalie. It's the Warriors overall. If this makes sense, tell me if you agree with it. I think externally, there's a lot of external debate about what the Warriors have done, re-signing Draymond, shipping off Jordan Poole. They've shipped off a lot of young players over the last two years. Wiseman out, Baldwin out, and then Poole, another young guy who has uh, put up some numbers for them. But internally, this has given them clarity. They have clarity, bringing in Chris Paul. I think they've had a fantastic offseason underrated offseason. It's so good. Uh, Mike Dunleavy. I see you brother. I see you. I like what they've done. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, and Ashley, I'm Be sure honest, she's, that she's she you text me when Chris Twitter. Paul got traded. Yeah, she frequents NBA Twitter with me. So everyone knows how I feel about Chris Paul. But that being said, you know, it's sort of like People know I'm not a fan of LeBron James either. I may not be a fan of you, but I'm not going to say like he's not a great player. And I'm not going to say that about Chris Paul. That being said, I think, look, I think there's a lot of reasons to caution the Chris Paul move because of his age and also because we see that he hasn't made it through many postseasons, right? And that's really... I mean, that's not the only reason you need him, but like if he's not going to make it through this postseason, then this move isn't going to be great. So I think that's why a lot of people are underrating it. But if, and that's always the, the question with Chris Paul, if they keep him healthy and can get him through the postseason, then yes, it, it's a high risk, high reward. Because the biggest thing, the biggest issue that the Warriors have always had, and this is throughout the KD years, throughout all the years, has been the non-Steph minutes. What do you do when Steph isn't on the floor? You bring in Chris Paul and you have him out there. He has to wrap his head around it. But running that second unit and you have him out there with Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody and, and Dario Saric and all the pick and rolls and everything that they can do and him setting them up, you're going to see how much that second unit elevates. You're going to see how much better a player like Jonathan Kaminga looks playing next to him. And it's going to it's going to really raise their level. And so, but all of that is just qualifiers, Michael. It's like, if, 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 and first of all, you got to get Chris Paul to wrap his head around coming off the bench, which clearly he seems opposed to. Well, 
that's gonna be that's my point there my question for you first going to the draymond situation quickly we all knew that it was either draymond on jordan they both couldn't coexist that was evident after last season that was evident in the playoffs it was beyond repair there was nothing yep. you can do and michael i told you last time that i was on the show draymond's not going anywhere i know he entered free agency and there were talks is he gonna join lebron he was never leaving golden state it was basically a way to tell golden state if they had any questions or concerns about who they had to go with it's him or me and it ended up being Draymond so case closed that chapter is done move it along Nat my concern with Chris Paul is exactly how he answered that question when asked about coming off of the bench because when he joined this Golden State situation that was the only option you already have Steph Curry, who is the primary ball handler with that first unit. You were always supposed to come off the bench with the second unit and relieve Steph so he can play off the ball. There was no other space for you there. So my concern is much like my concern when it was he didn't want to take a pay cut to go and stay with Phoenix or possibly go to LA, is he thinks he's Chris Paul of Lob City He thinks he's Chris Paul of New Orleans, and you're not that CP3 anymore. Still extremely efficient when he's at his best, but you can't play a whole season, that's evident. You are most likely either going to play most of the first half or the second half. In this case, we need you for the second half of the season. And in order to do that, your minutes have to come off the bench. Is there a concern with Warriors fans the way he answered that very much Carmelo Anthony with the hoodie like who comes off the bench that he's not going to be able to wrap his head around the version of Chris Paul he is right now? Yeah, of course. And I mean, like part of that was like, look, it was um, Kendra Andrews who answered that question and like the media that covers the Warriors and anyone around the team everyone understands that was the thought process. I think Chris Paul was the only one who didn't get that memo. And so they've been very careful with their words and choosing and deferring. But, you know, Kerr is going to have to have an Andre Iguodala conversation. And look, by the way, Chris Paul, he's new to the team, unlike a Clay Thompson, but he's not the only player who pushed back against the idea of coming off the bench. That's all I'm going to say in, in returning. And so I think if like, it really becomes a big deal because look, you have to strike the balance of keeping CP three happy. Right. So you just had a disharmonious season. You don't want another one, but it's going to be something very silly. Like he plays the first few minutes and then comes off. So bulk of his time is with the bench. You know, at the end of the day, he's going to play starting level minutes. And I think if you understand Steve Kerr's philosophy, it's not about, starting it's about who's closing and when they go super small he will be with them to go small in that small lineup you would move kevon looney to the bench and they would be lethal you know it should be an easy conversation i i know what his career it is be. i know he's been but a, will it be it should, but 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 think about this look really if, if you're chris paul and all i would do without i, I just give him facts say okay here, here here you are the last five years this is how your seasons have ended the last five years. Okay, you weren't there because of injury. You weren't here because of injury, injury, injury. And you have these minutes and you are a, no pun intended, you've been a warrior uh, as, as far as going out there and wanting to play through injuries. But hey, look, man, you're 37, 38. At some point, you've got to scale back. We want you for the postseason. So that's one approach. Here's the other approach. Let me throw this out here. Because everybody says they want to win. Hey, yeah, I want to. Mm-hmm. It's all about winning the championship. I'll do whatever it takes for this team. I'll do whatever it takes. What they really mean is, 
somebody else needs to make a sacrifice. I want to do what I do. Somebody else needs to make a sacrifice. Is Chris Paul the only one we should be talking about coming off the bench? What if Chris Paul starts and Clay comes off the bench? Natalie, I brought this up to you last year. I brought up last That's year. That's not going to happen. Clay come, no. Can, no. Can Clay come off the bench? So I so the, look when I was alluding to not the only player who didn't want to come off the bench. That was a Clay thing when Jordan Poole was there. You know when there were maybe some discussions about that. Um, I I first first of all no I don't think Clay should come off the bench just because. Like you're you're talking about Steph and Chris Paul out there together. That's just very small. And even though Clay can't really guard like the quicker guards anymore, um, you can still put him like on fours. So you need Clay to be in the starting unit at least. You said for put the him defense. on fours. Huh? You said fours. Yes. yes, and you move Draymond to the okay. five, and he plays the small ball five. So you know, okay. and you let Andrew guard some of those smaller, quicker guards. So you you at a minimum you need Clay out there, you know, for the defense. You know, there is definitely going to be a purpose for. Remember, the Warriors like to go small. Their best lineup yes. is always Draymond at the five. So there is going to be minutes for Chris Paul to be with the starting five, and that's going to more importantly be when they're closing. And I think there's just a few other things to keep in mind here. Like we always know about like the Dre Steph pick and roll but a Chris Paul Steph pick and roll that's gonna be crazy when you have another ball handler out there in addition what are one of the Warriors Achilles heels turnovers you don't have to worry about that with Chris Paul sometimes they do need to slow things down who else better to do that than having Chris Paul out there? So it's not like we're saying he's just relegated to the bench, but the best version of Chris Paul for this team is going to be leading that second unit and playing in that small ball unit with the starters. Ultimately, he's still going to have starter minutes. He's still going to close. It's like, I don't understand what his aversion is. I mean, get over your ego. Yeah, well, you... Yeah, you do. That's, you know what it is. But that, anyway, that's, we could. That's it. That's it right there, though, Michael. That's it right there. Yeah. An ego. When you've been a star player your whole life, coming off of the bench is a tough pill to swallow. But like you said, the biggest issue for the Warriors has been um, somewhat solved with Chris Paul being there. And that is how do we relieve Steph Curry of all these minutes that yep. he has to play in order for this team to win? There's your answer. So now, Chris Paul, how bad do you want it? I'm a firm believer you never count out the Warriors in the West going into every season, especially not the Warriors since they won their first championship in the Steph Curry era. You can never count them out. They're always in the equation. They're always in the conversation. Even more so, I believe, with a healthy Chris Paul managed the correct way, they have all the pieces that they need to go ahead and make it. The, the tension in the locker room's gone. That situation's out of the mix. Now you can focus on the task at hand, being a team. The chemistry's there. You found a solution for Steph Curry. Hopefully he can go ahead and have a nice, healthy, long season, maybe even load manage him a couple of those games. How bad do you want it, Chris Paul? The choice yeah. is yours. Well, listen, The formula's yeah, there. Talk- How bad do you want it? We could talk about this all day, Natalie. Great stuff. But I'll just say this. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole is gone. But candidates to fight, the two biggest fight candidates on the Warriors are now Chris Paul and Draymond. Like, yeah, oh no, God. I think it's, I, I think those personality clashes are a real thing to watch for. You know, uh, and I got to talk to Jordan Poole while he was at Summer League. But I got to tell you, one of the funniest things that happened during that presser was someone asking him if he spoke to Draymond, and he completely just ignored the question, looked, and then at you know went to the next question. So, don't leave Jordan alone. He's been through enough. 
We no, I love alone. Jordan. He knows that, but I'm just saying, I'm. Look, we don't need to go there, but yeah, it's the Chris Paul, Draymond, just those personalities. That's going to be really interesting to see. I wouldn't be surprised if something occurs. Yeah, knock on wood. Let's not speak that into uh, existence, guys. I know. Well, I don't I don't listen, it. I don't we didn't speak anything into existence. They just are who they are. We just, we're just going by what we see. Actually. They're grown men. They Natalie. should, they should be able to handle this. We're talking grown, grown. They're over the age of thirty. Get it together. Like, like fighters don't fighters never retire. <laughs> like Michael, you, they, they never bullies. retire. You mean bullies? They, they don't. You mean bullies? They don't. Okay. They don't. They never retire. It's not like a. It's not a boys thing. It's a fighter spirit thing. It's, it's not a, a gender thing. thing. It's a spirit thing. It's a spirit. It's no a, it is a boys thing. thing. It's a gender thing, and it's a bully it thing because he doesn't fight everybody. He doesn't fight okay. everybody. Let's leave this that. Is true. This is a good point. It's a bully thing. I like that. We'll meet in the middle. It's a bully thing. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, maybe Hard Knocks is not what it used to be, Ashley, but it's still pretty damn good. And people who say that, whatever is not what it used to be, generally they are misremembering what that thing was. They're being a little too overly nostalgic. People say that about Saturday Night Live. People say that about music today, movies today. It's not what it used to be. And they usually just come off sounding like they're relics. So Hard Knocks... It's good. It's good TV. And I remember the last time the Jets were on. It was so entertaining. You had Rex Ryan as a head coach. You had lots of little side stories going on. Antonio Cromartie was set up and asked to name his kids. And he named his kids. He named a bunch of them. They were all, if I remember correctly, they were all like four years old. He was like, yeah, this is my daughter. He's four. She's four. My son's four. I'm like, damn. Anyway, I digress. The Jets on Hard Knocks, I'm looking forward to it because of, first of all, it's New York, it's the Jets, no, and it's they got New that Jersey. guy right there. It's they, New Jersey. It's New York. Come on now. It's New Jersey. They, they, they represent, what, 
What's it say on the front? New York. It should they say New Jersey. New York. They pay New Jersey taxes for that stadium and their training facilities in New Jersey, which also pays most New of, Jersey taxes. So but where it should say fans? New Jersey. Where, where are most of their fans? New Jersey. They got probably like thirty, probably like thirty percent of their fans in Jersey. That's this is Queens. Mm. Que- the mm. Jets are representing Queens. Come on now. It's and Queens in New Jersey. And Long Island. Come on now. Anyway, are you and excited? New Jersey. Are you you hate Jersey? <laughs> Ashley Nicole Moss hates Am Jersey. Am I excited for Hard Knocks? <laughs> um, yes. Are you excited for it? No, I'm not overly excited. I, I usually, I mean, I'm not overly excited. I'm not, I don't hate it. I think I kind of expected it to be the Jets. I don't feel like there was any other option. They were the talk of most of the off season. Everyone was on Aaron Rodgers watch. Even when we knew it was going to happen, everyone was on bated breath waiting for it to actually happen. The darkness retreat was trending on Twitter for like weeks. Ayahuasca was tw- uh, trending on Twitter. Shrooms was trending on Twitter. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is probably the most polarizing. NFL quarterback right now you never know what's going to come out of his mouth he's very one with the woods one with the spirit one with you know the earth but he's also one hell of a quarterback and it's going to be fun to watch how he interacts with those young guys and and this new group I'm especially excited to see um how he interacts with the young core because if you remember Michael when he was in Green Bay one of the knocks against him was when that young group came in, he did not take them under their wing and he didn't report to, I think it was OTAs or, or mini camp or whatever the case was and, and didn't really take the opportunity to mold those guys. In. And I think that's why a lot of their chemistry was off come that season. It's going to be interesting how he changes that narrative and turns over a new leaf with his new beginning in New Jersey with this team. I'm, I'm excited to see that. That's what my eyes is going to be on. <laughs> still, still, the Jersey shade is real. I mean, you just keep going out. But, you know, it, it's, uh, and somebody can, somebody can figure this out for me, all right? But I'm just off the top of my head. I cannot think of a team that went on hard knocks and then went on to have this wildly successful season. Generally, hard knocks, your appearance on hard the knocks. Curse. Uh, uh, it, it's a curse. That's pretty. If if you like what they've done there, that's generally generally your peak, and it all goes downhill from there. Like some of you can see coming. Like one year, the Browns. Uh, oh yes, the, the the Browns were on were on Hard Knocks, and it was hilarious because they had first of all they were terrible. I think it was mm-hmm. Baker. I think Baker Mayfield was. I think that yes. was his rookie year. Yes, and. They had all these. They had all these guys who wanted to be the head coach. So they had a head coach, O coordinator wanted to be uh, the head coach. D coordinator was Greg Williams, I think, at the time. He wanted to be the head coach. Uh, they hadn't won many games. It was just a disaster. And well, listen, played out. Played out Patrick exactly Mahomes, the way you expected. Patrick Mahomes broke the Madden curse, so maybe the Jets can break the Hard Knocks curse. Do you think? Do you think there will be a playoff? This is going to be a playoff season in New Jersey this year for, for sure. New York Jets. I do. For I do sure. think it's going to be a playoff. I do. I do. Yes. Ooh. I do. Oh, Gary. A, now, Michael, Gary. is this a is this a Listen. Super Bowl team? Am I on the Super Bowl Jets train? No, I am not. I'm not that far deep into it. But I do think that this is a playoff team. Absolutely. 
My little stamp tells me it's July 12th. I see it right there. July 12th, 2023. This is my first, my bets, your money. I will bet you, <laughs> put it out there. Bet the house. Okay. Bet the house. Bet the condo. Bet the apartment. <laughs> the If you're in New York, the studio. If you're in Jersey, I don't know. Bet the swamplands, whatever. The Jets will not make the playoffs. They will not make the playoffs, the tournament, the postseason. Not happening. Oh, that's a take. Clip that. All right, we got a bet. July 12th. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How did you feel when James told you or someone told you that he wanted to be out of Philadelphia? Um, disappointed, but then again, I also understand, you know, it's business. Uh, you know, people make decisions and, you know, and, and I'm more appreciative of the way he's handled the whole situation. Uh, you know, we're we going to be boys forever. Uh, want him to come back, obviously, uh, so we can go out and accomplish what we want, uh, which is to win a championship. So hopefully that, you know, his, mind, his mindset can be changed. Uh, but other than that, you know, I'm just so happy to be, you know, it's fine. Uh, you know, we, we close and we've grown since he got here. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm excited about. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to keep that friendship for the rest of our lives. Ashley, Joel Embiid, you said he's being Ooh. nice. But you hate it. Why, what do you hate about it? Because he's not being honest. He's not being honest. You're pissed. I'd be pissed too. Like, yeah, we didn't we didn't accomplish what we were supposed to accomplish, but you can't run from the grind. You want out? You wanted here in the first place with me. You wanted to come to Philly. Now it's not working. Now you're going to go ahead and ditch me like you ditched KD? Now it's not working for you. Now you want to go back to Houston. Now Houston's not yeah. interested to you and interested in you. Now I'm your sloppy seconds and you want to come back. Like make up your mind. Whoa, the whoa, grind whoa, is whoa. the grind. Hey, hey, hey. Woo, woo, woo. Listen, I, I'm gonna say uh, hey, he's not being nice. Uh look, I think he is being honest. He doesn't want James Harden back. Like James Harden, that last year was last year mm. was probably their opportunity. James Harden is just going to decline. It's not going to get better. You're not going to win a championship with James. Go ahead and go somewhere else. Uh, and and he's got a better shot. Whoever the replacement he's is for Harden, they got a better got a better chance of winning with that guy. Anyway, he's not leaving, Michael. Of, and, and I'll tell you, a guy who's not leaving, but a guy who's just a little confusing to me, John Morant. You see this story? His attorney, John Morant's attorney, 
is trying to use the stand your ground law. What John Morant admits that he punched a high school kid. Okay, a high school athlete at his crib. He admits that he punched him, but he's using potentially using the problematic stand your ground defense, which I hate. And I think every state should wipe it out because it's just a joke. So John Morant, like this dude, I don't get this dude, Ashley. He, on one hand, he'll say I'm accountable and then he'll come back and do something. Either him or his representatives will do things to make you wonder, do you actually get it? Do you get it? Come on, man. Don't use that defense. What do you think? I don't get it. I'm confused by this whole story. One, why are you hanging out with high school kids? Okay. When okay. I was when there I was 23, is. high school kids might have well might as well have been elementary kids. Like I'm not hanging out with them. That's my that's a big question mark for me. Like, was it a relative, a cousin of a relative? I have questions. Well, that's the question. That's the question. And why is he hanging out with high school kids? Why? I think we know the answer. Mm, that's his mentality. Mentality Ooh, not quite right. Oh, Maybe. Michael. That, uh, no, I'm saying, but no, really, he's immature. He's immature. And, and so, and once he he's figures that out, I think things will work out for him. But he's got 25 games to think about some increased maturity. <laughs> we'll see. Thanks for hanging out, sister. We'll see you later. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.